Welcome everyone to POV Crypto, the only podcast that both Bitcoiners and Ethereans listen to. I'm David Hoffman, here with my buddy Christian. Christian, how are you doing? Doing good, man, I guess. It's crazy times out there. I've just kind of been sitting home, working and staring at Twitter all day. How about yourself? Yeah. I've had a I've had an eventful weekend. Um, li- likewise, all of Sunday I sat uh, on on my couch, basically on Twitter for like twelve hours. Um, that was that was a marathon on Twitter. Uh, the day before was the opposite. Um, the day before was a little different. Want to tell? So start. yeah, I mean. I am just a, you know, observer of kind of all the craziness. Meanwhile, you're in Seattle uh, participating. Do you want to tell us about your Saturday and then uh, today? Yeah, um, I've never really, I, I, in high school, I was very much a activist. Um, and I guess in college and after that, I kind of turned, turned into being like a just kind of passive and pessimistic about the ability to enact change uh, at the grassroots level. And then I went into crypto and be like, you know, I'm opting out of politics. I'm opting out of, you know, protests. I'm opting out of like, I don't believe in the system anymore. That's why I'm doing in crypto. Uh, but lately I've been very interested in like journalism and reporting and, and especially after being able learning that like when you write articles and when you, uh, you know, tweet out stuff that, like it actually is easy and effective to impact change. Uh, I went down to uh, the Seattle downtown area, which like there were no coordinated events of, at all, at, at all. but that's where people go when there are protests, right? And I went with the mentality of like, I want to watch. Like I'm not here to pick sides, even though obviously I am here on the side of the people that are protesting against the uh, you know the the murder of of a of a innocent man by police officers. If I uh, obviously that's the side I would identify with, but I really just want to see what's going on, right? Like I just want to be there because like no one will. Re- you'll never really be able to like look back on these events without accurately without actually being there in person. And so me, my sister, who's five years older than me and much young, much smaller than me, like five two, very small, and her husband. Uh, we all hopped in a car and drove down, parked decently far away, walked the rest of the way, and found like the crowd of people that were congregating at Westlake. And like the the plan was to like be at Westlake as at three, and and that was when like people would do their demonstrations. And so we're walking, and Westlake is just like the heart of Seattle, basically. Um, and so we're we're walking there, and then the, we walk into the crowd of people who are also going there. And they're chanting, they're doing the protest stuff, you know, chanting their, their, their things. Um, and so we're, we go into the crowd and start to be a part of the crowd. And like, I'm like, like I said, I'm there to, to witness and like, you can be a part of the crowd, but you can't really witness, witness what's going on unless you are at the very front. So I kept on working my way up to the front to be at the front. And so eventually I got up to the front where there were a bunch of people like lined up. And then on the other side were a bunch of cops lined up and, you know, the cops full riot gear, like metals or a wooden sticks, like bulletproof vests, bulletproof helmets, like face shields, gas masks, 
uh, you know, big, heavy boots, big, heavy jackets, like the full and then multiple, multiple rows. Like, well, what are the, what are those called? Like a fan licks, fan licks or something. I don't Just know, like but the, those pro or those, uh, riot cops were, were geared up for war. They kind of looked like they were wearing the equipment from like Halo three, you know, like Master right. Chief they look like fucking master chiefs. <laughs> right. And also not cops, state troopers, like state troopers, like not a, 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 a legacy. Not your a, average foe. Cops. not your average cop right and so then, then i go to the front and I'm like okay cool this is this is where i get to see everything like i have the protesters on my left and i have the the uh the cops on my right and like as somebody trying to be like an onlooker and i wasn't i wasn't yelling i wasn't chanting i wasn't even partaking really as a protester except for the fact that i was not a cop uh i was just looking right and then that goes on for like 10, 15 minutes. And then somebody in the back does like the, the, I don't know, the finger circle in the air, like, let's go. And uh, about five seconds later, they start marching forward and then pushing us back with their sticks and saying, move back, move back. And I'm like, oh, okay. So like, I guess we're moving back now. And so I started to take a step back and then they took a step forward and then I took a step back and then they took a step forward. And then somebody brought out a pepper spray canister and pepper sprayed me in the face. Like, boom, right there, right then and there. And like, I have all this on video. So I'll put this in the show notes when we put this video and when we put this podcast out, but like no warning saying like, Hey, don't like, I know like I gave zero resistance to police. Like I was just moving backwards. I guess I could have moved back faster. Like, I guess I could have moved back faster to the point where they didn't actually need to push me, but they were moving kind of fast. So I was caught by surprise about like how we're, we were being pushed away, especially when we were peacefully protesting. Like there one guy threw a water bottle at the cops. And you can also hear in the video me turning around and being like, hey, don't do that. Like, don't do that. We don't need to do that. We're all we're all protesting peacefully. And 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 that was it. And and then they started advancing pushing us with their big ass sticks. Uh, and, and then later we also found, find out that, um, that to my left, I didn't really notice at the time because I got pepper sprayed. And after you get pepper sprayed, like you can't focus on anything else other than the fact that you got pepper sprayed, you're immediately blinded. But a six year old girl had also gotten pepper sprayed kind of questionable decision-making by the parent to bring a six year old girl to a protest. But you're as an American, you're supposed to be able to do that. Right? Like, there, there is an argument like when I shared this on Twitter that I got pepper sprayed, people were like, well, you were on the front lines. Like, what did you expect, David? Like, what did you expect? You're going to get pepper sprayed by the police. Like you're on the front lines. Duh. And I'm like, I guess like you can make the pragmatic argument that like I should expect to get pepper sprayed. But at the same time, I was being like blatantly peaceful. Like I wasn't even chanting or yelling. I was silent and I had my phone and my camera on. And then my, I just had my other hand like behind, my, like at my side, like being blatantly peaceful. And so like, I, I, and I guess this is what black people have been saying this entire time, but like, you don't get to just be peaceful and then like have nothing happen to you, according to the cops. Like that was naive of me. I've never really been in confrontation with cops to that degree before, but like, I just assumed that if I go there and be blatantly peaceful, that I will be able to leave unharmed. And I guess that was naive because our cops are fucking militia now. They do not look like cops. They do not behave like cops. They do not have cop uh, gear. They don't look, they don't, doesn't walk like a duck, doesn't talk like a duck. It looks like fucking militia. 
and like that's corroborated by the fucking Humvees that they have. And like what's and this is where Bitcoin comes in is that each individual cop has thousands and thousands of dollars of like riot equipment, right? And like our COVID doctors and our and our nurses have five dollars per person of PPE, right? Like the 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 amount of funding imbalance is just so so salient. Yeah, I mean, military uh, funding is like. I don't. I'm. I'm not gonna say a fact that I don't know because I got called out for for uh, for giving an incorrect fact about uh, European unemployment. But uh, a significant portion of our uh, annual spend goes towards military spending. Uh, so I mean, in, in the Washington State, one third of our budget goes to goes to police funding. And like, I'm not really in a position to like comment is that appropriate or not. But in terms of like a percentage. But the overall expenditure across the board is ridiculous and mm-hmm. going towards specifically like equipping uh, state and uh, and uh, law, like state and law enforcement um, with the best gear possible is something that uh, our tax dollars go, uh, you know, go straight into without hesitation. Right. And so so this weekend I was like poking around on the internet like okay like hong Hong kong people have been fighting this battle for a long time and like what equipment do they have like what if i wanted to defend myself as a protester like what equipment do i have available to myself and like i don't really know anywhere to go like selfdefense.com no i just go to fucking amazon and type in most powerful pepper spray and it looks like fucking like a a mouth breath breath improver right like squirt Mm -hmm. squirt squirt like here's a little douse of pepper spray in case you get you know no like what the police had was like this fucking squirt gun jet stream pressurized dress jet screen uh jet stream that can hit you like 15 feet away it's called bear mace bear (laughs) maybe maybe but like, yeah, I, I, I was looking intense. for the big ass canister that it's what they got. And I was like, where do they get it? Like, how do they get it? Like, you don't get to have that stuff. Good they, REI. They have the option to. They have a monopoly on violence. Yeah, well, I think like, and this is where it's interesting with the Second Amendment. And I think we talked about it a little bit on the last show. But like, unlike Hong Kong, unlike Europe, like we are a country where the majority of guns are owned by civilians. Mm hmm. Uh, so, I mean, this is probably the only country in the world or one of the few countries in the world that doesn't have, you know, where the, the state doesn't have a full monopoly on violence. They have quite a bit of jurisdiction, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we do have equipment, I guess, available to us. Yeah, but like, even if you want to compare the equipment, right? Like at least in Washington, there's a, you don't get to have fully automatic weapons. And so like the best you have is, is bolt action or, or semi-auto. And like the police have stuff, aren't they have armor that protects them from that. And so like, sure, we have, we have some ability to, to control the violence that we choose to have or not, but like the equipment imbalance is still there. So like, Sure, you can have your your guns, but like you, the police have guns and everything else, mm-hmm. and and armored fucking cars. Totally. I mean, uh, do you? How often do you listen to Ragnar? Not like like once, maybe. So I think for, one, yeah. 
For those of you who don't know Ragnar, he's actually blocking me right now, but um, it's fine. Uh, he does that. <laughs> he he is both a Bitcoin advocate and a gun advocate, and he did an, an interview with Peter McCormick in the fall of 2019. And Peter is from England, where they don't allow guns, and he doesn't quote. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He's not as familiar with the first, Second Amendment, and then obviously Ragnar is the most extreme, you know, proponent of the Second Amendment in the United States. And his take is that every citizen should be allowed to have all the equipment that the military has access to. Like, what's the limit to the the type of guns you should be able to have? Well, you should be able to have the same type of guns that the government should have. Obviously, that's mm-hmm. not the case. But, um, you know, a lot of gun advocates feel as though, as citizens, we have the right to arm ourselves to the same degree, to the same degree as the military, as the state. I think that's a really important subject to bring up at the very least something to talk about because like the ability to di- dictate who does have access to these tools and who does not have access to these tools is an important conversation at the very least. Um, and, and because like we all are critical of the state's ability to fund the correct things and their, the state's judgment in general we should also, especially if not more so, be very critical as to who the state enables to have guns and and weapons of violence and things that enable that sort of activity, right? Like, and also it's in it's in the interest of the state to give that those that equipment and the money to buy that equipment to people that protect the state, regardless of whether that is in the interest of the people or not. And also one of the big things that I've been tumbling around in my head is like, I got pepper sprayed by being blatantly peaceful. And so did my, my very small sister and her husband. And so did a six-year-old girl. What sort of police officer or, or state trooper, what kind of person is required to fulfill that job? Like that's, that's where so many black people are saying, no such thing as good cops exist because good cops wouldn't take the job. And this is what we've, this is what very old legacy arguments about, you know, about uh, dictatorships or any sort of like control over a country, what that job entails is you, who, who would want that job? Politicians. Is not the person you would want to have that job. And it's the same thing. I think that there's a claim to be made, like, the people that are police officers, the people that are willing to do the job of police officers, we are not the types of people that you would want to be police officers. And then the state is giving them a monopoly on the tools of violence. That's questionable, at well, the I mean, very least. And not even uh, the tools of violence, really, it's a monopoly on violence. So I think a lot of the mm-hmm. ways that a lot of police officers act is if they can do it and they have a much at least a lot more leeway than they should you know that they they mm-hmm. understand they have a lot of leeway and there was a crazy ass video i think it was in la where a police officer in his his suv like bumps a protester like doesn't run him over but bumps him to the time like with his car to push him over so like it obviously mm-hmm. hurt the dude a lot um and then backs up with people kind of behind him that are like running away and then swerves around and runs and like literally drives away. Like, 
he hit a guy on purpose, backs up without looking who's behind him, and then drives away. Like, that's insane. Dude, like, the vi- that video you're describing is not the, not even the right video to describe because I watched a, a guy formulate a 70-tweet thread of different documentations of police officers doing things that sound way more egregious than that. Like, we saw a mass police protest, a riot this this weekend and like if you if you want to go find worse videos they're easily findable like that what you just i've, described I've been purposely not finding them <laughs> they are bad they are bad there are people that there are, i saw a video of two dudes just standing right next to each other very very nonchalantly nothing around them nothing around them they're not doing anything and they're just standing and then 40 feet away are police officers and the police officers aren't talking to them they're not even telling them anything and all of a sudden, they start open firing rubber bullets on them. And then there's videos of a cop car, like not nudging a person, but gunning it into many people for a quick second and then slamming on the brakes and then backing up. Like it, it can get way worse than that. And like this is what we saw this weekend was mass police riots. This was a police riot. The police rioted this weekend. And not only do they have all the tools to do so and to protect them, but they also have legal immunity. No one's coming after the police. And that's been the biggest complaint of, of black people over the last 40 years. Who is policing the police? No one. They, they have legal immunity and tools. And it's their job. And no one is checking them. There's no, there's no police of the police. So, I mean, like, it, it gets, like, really sticky. Like, you know, I don't want to use blanket statements. Um, I don't want to say, like, all police are bad or there are no good cops or anything like that. But I think you're right is that like the generally there there may be a certain type of person that's attracted to police work and other sort of like government work. I think a lot of politicians would be considered sociopaths themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then especially the higher up you go. Yeah. And then on top of that, you know, there's a reason that they say, um, you know, with increased power comes increased responsibility. It also comes like it kind of gets to your head, right? Like the increased power mm-hmm. gets to your head. The longer you're on the job, the longer you see stuff, the more PTSD you have. Like, mm-hmm. I think it can go either way. It can make you much more empathetic or mm-hmm. it can, or it could just make you much more extreme. Um, right. And I, I think, think I think take, a normal, go ahead. I was gonna say, and I think, I think that lastly is something that you have to take into account is sure. Some of these police officers are malicious, but, all 100% of them in this situation are extremely scared. They are outnumbered 100 to 1 in every single situation for the most part. Like maybe not in, you know, very specific situations, but for the most part, like they are operating in a situation of extreme fear. And that's, that's going to bring out extreme behavior. Um, so just like the you're kind of a, a a looter apologist like you're not condoning them but you understand you you can empathize with you know the overall sentiment like i i feel like a little bit of empathy needs to also go towards like the police because they're in a very extreme situation like you it is very hard to make the right decision when you're fucking scared as shit that a hundred you know a hundred or a thousand people are going to kill you yeah, that, that's a take I haven't heard, actually. That actually does make, that actually does resonate with me. Like, it, it is intimidating when there is uh, 
what in front of you appears to be like an army of people who are coordinated and chanting in unison. Like when, when I first got there, everyone was chanting in unison and it was, it was powerful, man. Like, and, and I, and there was probably some acoustics at play, right? Like I had tall buildings to my left. I had tall buildings to my right. I was under a monorail. And so the acoustics were really loud and people were chanting and like it reverberated in my ears and it was powerful and it was emotional. And being on a cop in that scenario, like mm, that, maybe that, because that they're being chanted at, right? You are the receiver of those chants. That's probably pretty scary. At the same time, there were a fuck ton of cops, man. They were a fuck oh, yeah. ton of cops. And they had this situation like fucking controlled. And like, that's not to say like that was just Seattle and not even was that Seattle. That was just my street that I was on. That was just a one street in Seattle. And like, you can see the videos of other cops that are definitely not under threat. Like you, you, I've saw a video of two individual, I'm pretty sure they were two females walking down a street, passing by a group of six to seven cops. And they got, they got pepper sprayed as they just peacefully walked by them. There's other shit like that where like, okay, well the cops weren't fearful in that scenario. I'm, I'm not so saying like, that that is the rule. Yeah. I'm just saying there's that always that's spectrums, something right? like you need to take it like late at night like, especially mm -hmm. as shit is getting gnarlier, right? Like, you were kind of mm -hmm. at a daytime protest where it seems like it was people who were acting violently, but... Absolutely like, not, yeah. They could, like, they could have been dealing with this shit yesterday. They could have had no sleep. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of stuff that, like, makes this a very extreme situation. Mm -hmm. And it's just hard. It's, like, it's mm -hmm. hard. And it's hard to be put in that situation as, a, as an officer. Um, mm -hmm. But ultimately, like something is amiss like what what's your opinion on all these videos of like random piles of bricks in areas with no that's construction weird. like that's kind of weird that's and like miles Suter did a mega thread about it i can send it to you after mm -hmm. this but there's a mm -hmm. lot of random piles of bricks with no other construction around them at random, random piles of bricks everywhere documented across across the state and then also other stuff i've heard uh, and and seen on twitter um is old cop cars like not even parked but like parked on the sidewalk in a in a diagonal way like a kitty corner way like an old definitely like retired cop car that seemed like it probably was like from the 70s or 80s and probably was retired years ago just parked there ready just to be ransacked and burned right that was there and the the sheer number of of pictures and documentation of people finding just piles of bricks pallets of bricks that were clearly dropped off and just left that has been found I, I, i've seen at least three different cities that had documentation of that just where did this pile of bricks come from there's no construction around like that's weird that is super weird that is like some some russia conspiracy type stuff or some antifa type stuff we don't fucking know but I guarantee you it was not in the interest of the peaceful protesters. So what's up with that? I do not know. So I want to bring this back to Bitcoin just because I think people listen to us to talk about crypto and not necessarily um, give our our uh, our assessments on the global macro situations mm -hmm. and political situations. But in the in in the like ticker here on the live stream you typed out that bitcoin fixes this and bitcoin doesn't fix this like what is the extent that we can appreciate and expect crypto as an alternative system to help um you know help alleviate these issues 
Well, so like the answer that we all know and love is like, well, you know, the, the state has infinite money and they have this really powerful ability to print infinite money. And so they want to protect that. And so using their infinite money printer, it gives money to the people that are just mercenaries to protect the money printer. The mercenaries being the, both the military and the police, right? These are things that are protecting the money printer. Uh, and so the ability to peacefully defund the money printer and, and pull the plug on the money printer, Bitcoin fixes this, right? Like we can, we can restrict that ability from the state. That is a roundabout, peaceful way to circumnavigate and, and just go, go around the problem. But at the end of the day, like something needs to happen where the rubber meets the pavement, right? Like Bitcoin offers you a way to defund the state is still going to exist, right? Like the state didn't kill religion. It replaced it slowly over time, but religion still exists. The state... With or without hyper-Bitcoinization, the state is in, is going to exist and there is and always will be a police force and there is and will always be a military regardless of the status of Bitcoin and its impact in the world. And so at some point, voting and voting in the right people and having a responsible police force and having a non-racist police force, has that has to come in the ways that we are trying to fight for today, which is normal legislative reform and action in ways that are in alignment with the people of the world. Like at some point we have to approach this subject head on rather than trying to go around it. And that is where Bitcoin does not fix this. So uh, how, like how much do you pay attention to uh, Michael Goldstein at all? Or do you listen to his interviews? So he he has a really really interesting take on the value of at, like protesting and advocating. He 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 understands the the desire to do so, but he thinks that in general it is a bad strategy to affect change. And he thinks that a much more effective strategy to affect change is to accumulate capital. It's like the act of accumulating capital enables you exponential ability to you know as you accumulate more capital to instrument more change uh so while i do and i don't 100 percent agree with him i do kind of agree that like that we should we should use bitcoin we should build an alternative system but we should also try to use the existing system to you know make things right if possible but I think there is a take, you know, there is some validity to this take that accumulating capital is just a lot more effective than protesting. And I'm curious, like, do you think these protests are any of the past? Pro like, this is not the first time an African-American mm -hmm. man has been killed by a police officer, right? No. This is like the 10th time that it was super public and on camera, right? Um, In the where last fucking things five erupted. years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, there's endless other um, accounts of that. Like, are these protests working? Like, is protesting and advocating uh, even a suitable strategy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, and, and we saw we saw this very powerful video go out recently of this 46-year-old man and black man yelling with and at this 31-year-old black man who was who like, I'm 46. I've been doing this since I was you know, age zero, and it hasn't happened and it hasn't worked yet. Like I'm 46, you're 31. It's the same thing. And then they pulled in a 16 year old 
And they were like, we've been fighting this since, you know, we were before younger than you. And it has not worked, both peaceful and unpeaceful protests. So what do we do? Like, we don't, these, this isn't working, right? Um, with regards to like, okay, well, so accumulating capital is a really good strategy to, to as an alternative to, you know, protests. Sure. It's really hard to accumulate capital as a poor individual, especially as a black poor individual. Like that is actually perhaps not an option for them. Like they're already living paycheck to paycheck. Like, what do you want them to do? Buy a, three Satoshis, seven Satoshis? Like that's not going to help be helpful. And we're talking, and, and if you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're black and you're living paycheck to paycheck, that's a significant portion of America. That's a significant portion of America. Like, what do you want them to do? You each want them to stack one Satoshi per week. Like they can't, they it's, can't it's do It's a lot cheaper more. to stack Satoshis than it is to invest in real estate or stocks. At least Bitcoin's infinitely divisible. And on top of that, um, it's a step in the right direction. Not to, you know, not to make comments on people's purchasing decisions, but uh, I've seen plenty of people that would be uh, in a negative situation, quote unquote, and could be in some of the situations that, um, that, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That, uh, it could be, a, you know, an African-American person in a really negative financial situation, right? And I've seen a mm -hmm. lot of those people, you know, still have Jordans, still have stuff like that. So like, it's not like there isn't dispensable income that they could allocate towards things. Yeah. Maybe education isn't right. Maybe social priorities isn't right. But like you and I have discussed multiple times in the past, like Bitcoin and other crypto systems is more than just money. Like adopting right. the money ch changes your behavior, changes your mindset. Right. It changes your incentive structure. So right. I don't, I, do I don't feel buy like, bullshit anymore because of, yeah. because of ether. So, I mean, like, you know, it maybe if, uh, maybe if some of these people were educated about crypto and were educated about, uh, dollar cost averaging into, mm -hmm. uh, into their favorite hard money that, that, that could enable them that could change their mentality why could you know if it changes to you why couldn't it change me and like i said you know there mm -hmm. is some discretionary spending not everyone i'm sure some people are super super poor they don't have jays they barely have food to eat but there, there is a decent amount of that population that you know they do you know spend some money on fun um and, right. and not to say that they you know have to spend money on an investment but they could also have the option to accumulate capital and uh, affect change in a more effective way. Um, and I think Bitcoin is a tool that is going to help everyone do that. Everyone can now accumulate yeah. capital, take it away from the state, and then, you know, reallocate it and reallocate their influence as, uh, as they see fit. Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely a, a worthy take. Um, the other side of, of things is like, who are you to say what they deem as, as worthy investments, right? Like, you yeah, don't I'm not know trying to how say much. That. Yeah, I, yeah, sure, of course. Yep. Uh, and but like Jordans, I would agree that like Jordans is perhaps not the best investment of your money and time. But like, I'm drinking this beer, and beer is not good for you. But like, I'm still drinking it. It's totally. and it's just a subjective like, like what like what do you want to spend your time and money on? Like, does if maybe those Jordans really bring value to that person's life? Maybe they put them on and they really feel like a fucking champ. Maybe. I mean, like hey, we, you know, we would always be judges of what people spend their money on. I judge my fucking self for what I spend my money on the most. Um, but maybe that's because I have ether to purchase on the other side.
Yeah, I mean, like, again, I'm not trying to judge, uh, like the mm-hmm, Austrians no. say, it's all about subject subjective preferences. But what mm-hmm. my point was is that there is some discretionary spending within that community. It's not like mm-hmm. everyone is, right. like, against the wall without it being able to buy something that they want, right? So right. they could want to save and accumulate capital. Um, that's, that's a good point. But, yeah, uh, I mean, like, dude, it, this it's fucked up. Like, it's hard. And, like, we're both privileged. We both never had to deal with that. And we both have had access to money and the ability and education to make smart decisions about it. So you know, it's mm-hmm. it's not surprising that people are in this situation where they are protesting and they are finding excuses to loot and uh, mm-hmm. they are getting violent. And here's something that's really interesting is that a lot of people are waking up to the fact that the police can't stop mobs, especially <laughs> across the country mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to get really dangerous. Like, we're already seeing cops going into like Bell or not cops, uh, looters going into Bellevue. I uh, Burlingame is a really wealthy suburb that is south of San Francisco, um, and I hear that there's plans for protests and looters to go into Burlingame. Like mm-hmm. this is if, if this is truly getting to the point where there is just not enough manpower on the streets to quote unquote maintain uh, civil activity and prevent uh, destruction of property, like we're going to start seeing things spiral hardcore because there's a lot of bored, a lot of uh, unemployed and a lot of poor down on their luck people right now. Like this is really the worst time for civil, like for civil unrest in terms of a massive population of especially men who are unemployed and young and uh, you know, have nothing to lose. Have nothing to lose. Yeah. You're, you're totally right. Like the, we, we crypto people, the com the conversation around Bitcoin and money has always been around trust, right? Like you need trust in order to make money work. Well, you need trust to make a lot of things work. Like basically like, and if you listen to watch, listen to Yuval, sorry, the state needs trust. The state, the state, all stories, all narratives require trust to work and the institution of the state and especially the institution of police require the fact that if you go into a store and start to loot it, you trust that there will be a police officer waiting for you on the other end. And if you can trust that that's not going to happen, then all of a sudden looting is now a thing. And like, I do, I do believe that if we like deleted the police, then there would be a lot of looting that would initially happen and that would be bad. But over time, it would go away because people are inherently good. And as soon as we settled into a new world, then looters would stop and we, we, people would organically find a way to self-police. But like, it's the responsibility of police to retain the trust of the people. And when they start pepper spraying people indiscriminately, they pop that trust bubble. And then all of a sudden, it becomes really easy to find out how powerful the police actually are, right? Like, the police then this is this is a conversation i've gotten into an argument with a lot of people about and this is why i call myself a looter apologist is because it's the fucking police that popped the trust bubble because they started they started breaking up peaceful protests and they they removed our constitutional right to protest and assemble peacefully and so the, and then they started acting like fucking thugs and mobsters and, and, and have everyone have the state by the balls because the state can't do anything without them. And so 
the police are just these mobsters and everyone broke and they broke everyone's trust. And then the looters happened. Like it's the police's fault first. Like, and the looter shouldn't be looting. No looters should loot ever. But like, what's the fucking point in blaming them? They're just this nebulous mob of upset people. It's the police that we have to blame. I mean, again, I I wouldn't bestow blame, but try to be empathetic to both sides. But I'm definitely empathetic to a lot of people protesting and feeling angry. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even if someone is just purely malicious, purely trying to loot, purely trying to be violent, like how do they get to that situation? Why are they in such a dire straits? And this is something that we alluded to last time, and you talked about. It. I was like. What's the difference between this and and like other um you know other protests of, around police violence um, is that it's happening not only nationwide it's happening in New Zealand it's happening in Europe it's happening in Canada like there are people marching in the streets everywhere to Tokyo, protest American Berlin, police violence mm-hmm. like it's crazy like and I, crazy. I, I'm I don't even know where to go with it other than it's fucking crazy um. It's very interesting to see, like, I, I also think it's super interesting to see the breakdown of social distancing. Um, yeah. At the protests that you I, were at. I linked arms with two strangers today. Yeah, yeah. Talk, talk about the, your experience today. So you, you got mm-hmm. pepper sprayed on Saturday. Yesterday, you took mm-hmm. a day off. Today, you decided to go back. So, uh, yeah, talk got- about, let's talk about that. I mean, it wasn't much. Uh, I, I had to cut it short because I had to go get steaks with my dad. I hadn't talked to him in a while and he wanted to hear about it. So I went and I went downtown back to Westlake, back to where I got pepper sprayed um, on Monday at a very last minute planned protest. Um, and, you know, much smaller, right? Like as it would be after two after two days of, of constant protesting. Um, and it was and much more what I expected. Yeah, excuse me. Uh, and it was much more what I expected Saturday to be like, where we all congregated and then people shared stories and got on the loudspeaker and then people started chanting and walking down the road to the city hall where we chanted there. And then and then that's when I had to leave. Um, but I mean, much more what I would expect. But yeah, like you're totally right. Like uh, the the black people at the front were telling everyone that like we are not because the 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 walk people walking got really energized and people started to walk really fast. And the black people at the front were like, yo, we need to not walk so fast. We are, this is a slow, steady March. Like we're doing this peacefully and we're doing this slowly. And so people at the front um, linked arms to like, kind of keep a pace together, like hold ourselves accountable with our pace. And so I linked arms with two strangers and like the, the chick next to me said like, ha, this is the first time I've touched anyone in like two months. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, so the, yeah, to- total breakdown in like total reprioritization of coronavirus. I then went home and then like washed. I was very cognizant about not touching my face and everything. And I went home and I like washed myself up to my shoulders because I had to go hang out with my dad and my dad's a fucking boomer. So maybe that was irresponsible. Um, did you, were you wearing a mask? Were most people wearing masks? Like were, were people mask, trying yeah. to, like were people freaked out Everyone was wearing people masks. being too close to them or what? What was the deal there? No. Nope. Everyone was wearing masks and no one, no one cared about social distancing. So what do you think is the fault? Like if is Corona, if coronavirus is real, then theoretically we should be seeing like, if it is as real as we thought it was, then we should mm-hmm. be seeing a lot of cases. Yep. That's a good point. I mean, I will, I will see how much of those individuals actually represent like 
how, I mean, how, how many people protested this weekend? Like 10,000, 15,000? Um, how much does, of the city of Seattle does it actually represent, uh, you know, per capita? I don't, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, it's a good well, point. It's, it's just the movement too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Lots of people. But dude, everyone had masks on, which we, we don't really know how much of that parts how, how both much times impacts it. on saturday and sunday, or saturday had, and I, like if i hadn't had a mask on when i got pepper sprayed i would have had and like pepper spray by the way i find that find out is oil based not water based it doesn't just rush off your skin it is sticky and it gets onto your skin and if i hadn't had a mask on it would have gone down my throat which it did go down my brother-in-law's throat and he said that he was gagging and throwing up for like 15 minutes straight and like, I only got it in my eyes, which by the way, is fucking terrible. It really, really hurts. But like, if I hadn't had my mask on, it would have gone down my throat and I would have, it would have been even that much worse. Like it's oil-based, it sticks. It stick is designed to stick to your skin. I did my fucking research after I got pepper sprayed. Like it is designed to be like, it's designed to make you go home, which I then did because I had pepper spray all over me. It hurts, dude. It. Like yeah. my skin was burning the next day. So I've never been pepper sprayed. I have tested out bear spray because I bought it when I was going backpacking and I wanted to see what it was like. I like held it out like this, blew it away from me. And then there's mm-hmm. a little gust that sprayed a little back at me. And I immediately start gagging <laughs> immediately. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like, you know, I have a handkerchief next to me. I like put it over my face, like start walking away really fast. So I can't imagine, like, again, you're not talking about a little spray ball like most likely they're using something a lot more similar to bear spray than like than, a super like, soaker cons- of oily sticky pepper spray that it does indeed taste like and smell like pepper and then on my face and in my eyes yeah no so i'm saying like i can't imagine just getting that direct to the dome it was bad it was really bad um i want to talk cool about, before we close this out i want to talk about privacy yeah let, i mean let's talk about it here's something that i've noticed is that all these people are using google and facebook and tiktok mm-hmm. to organize Better. this shit and they are fucking themselves and i think we're about to see uh some arrests because of internet-based uh organizing yeah i can't remember who said this um but it was like wh- whoever like there there is blatantly legal I- illegal activity being coordinated on like on twitter and facebook and stuff like that and so like well that's just dumb like if it's blatantly illegal why would you ever do that but then also there's stuff that's like not illegal today that could be illegal tomorrow that you could be retroactively charged with and that's what i am currently worried about right like like i am a very public person like i I, I tweet all the fucking time. I tweeted about my being pepper sprayed. I, t- I like the state knows I was at the protest. The state knows I own cryptocurrency. The state knows I want to defund the state. The state knows I have a, an adverse adversarial stance to, to the state. The state knows I hold a minimum amount of money in my Wells Fargo bank account. And I basically hold the majority amount, amount, amount of my money on Ethereum. Like the state knows I am in opposition to the state basically with what is important to them, which is like my value. My, my privacy is totally blown. And this is because I live in a free country, a country. And that's what the whole United States is about. But like we're witnessing in Hong Kong, 
that is really important. That identifies you. And I just read this book, which I highly recommend, highly, highly recommend everyone to read because it's so short and so powerful and so succinct. It's called On... Uh, fuck. I'm going to edit this, this out. So like On Tyranny. <laughs> you blew it. On Tyranny. On Tyranny. 20 Lessons from the 20th Century. Uh, and it, it talks about creeping tyranny talks about how we would all fail the Milgram experiment, probably. And the Milgram experiment is you are sat down by an experimenter and you press a button, which shocks an individual. And then you are told to continue to shock that individual until the experiment over is over. And like 85% of people shock the individual until it appears that that individual is dead. And so that, this is what, jo this is what um, Jordan Peterson says. Like, if you were a young male in 1920s, 1930s Germany, you would have turned into a Nazi in 1940s Germany. You would have been a Nazi. And if you thought that you weren't going to be a Nazi, you must think really fucking highly of yourself. Like we would all fail the Milgram experiment. And that's why there is some like defense to police because like they're just put in a position and they're told what to do. They do what they do. And so like creeping tyranny is a real thing and you don't know when it's coming until it's too late. And so you have to draw a line in the sand at some point in time and maybe to people and people around you, when you do draw that line, that line looks really arbitrary, but in hindsight, you look like a normal individual who's trying to protect their rights. And like, at, at, and so today I am concerned about my privacy. Like I am now concerned about like my, my very public blown opsec towards the state and how I have an adversarial stance toward the state. I, that, that today concerns me. And now I understand why Matt O'Dell is like, it's really important to be able to run a node through Tor because how else are these networks supposed to stand up to the state? Yeah, definitely. I think that we need to get Matt O'Dell and Alex Gladstein back on the podcast. Uh, I think both 100%. of them will have really intelligent things to say. 100%. Yep. Cool. I'm going well, I'm I'm to try and, and spin up an ETH2 node on Tor and we'll see what, how, that, how that goes. Cool. Well, I got my Bitcoin node running through Tor, and it was synced through Tor, you? so you know it, bro. Good for you. Good for you. Noddle made it easy. Go buy a Noddle. <laughs> All right. All right. Should we uh, close it out? I have no more no more things to say. My soapbox right, is it's over. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, you guys. Uh, you can follow the show at POV CryptoPod. Go to our YouTube. Follow us over there as well. Uh, a lot of videos get released early on YouTube. Give us fucking five star reviews. We need four more to get to 100. Goddamn. Bitcoin's at 10K. It's going to fall off that ledge if, uh, if you guys don't hurry up and, uh, and give us those reviews. If you give us a five star review, the, the state probably won't notice. It'll be okay. It's good for your OPSEC. <laughs> Wait, David, where can people find you? You can follow me at Trustless State, both on Twitter and on Bankless. Another thing that the state would not be happy about. Peace.
minutes are for you to 